Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I hit that wall and it's this really low feeling. It's it's not sometimes it's not to do with food. It's not to do with how your muscles are coping. It's just a mental low feeling. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plod. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. I'm indeed your host, Jake Lowe, running coach, wanting to fire you up, get you feeling better, help you to improve your running, whatever your reasons are for running, whichever goal you may have on your mind right now. We want to help you with our, uh, the help of the amazing guests that we have each and every week on the show. That's what this show is all about. If you are a new listener, then welcome, welcome, welcome. I actually feel as well at the moment there's a there's a slightly funny feeling in the air. It's we we can't not mention this the news that we have all been hit with, and I'm interested, Pete, the non-running guy producer of the show, how you feel about this because I'm sensing the news of the very sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II has affected people in different ways, and I'm I'm sensing as well it's affected people that perhaps didn't realise they would be affected. And I would put myself in that category for sure. It's funny times at the moment. How did you feel about it? Initially, I was at a conference, a public conference thing, and um, it was during the evening do that we all found out. And then, obviously, there was a little bit of a toast before dinner. And then you kind of come to terms with it. You think about it quite a lot, a lot of talk of the of the Queen. And then the next morning, like welcoming people back into the room... Um, was really weird and we observed a, a minute of silence but I think overall there's like um, a collective sense of grief or something and it's it's really weird and I think it's probably changed over the last few days to the point of like I'd forgotten it <laughs> do you know what I mean and then you mentioned it but initially for the first day or so I think it was on my mind constantly um, but yeah weird time and um, just a bit of yeah it feels like someone like a I know that everyone says this, but it feels like a family member's, you know, passed away, or not, not, a, not a close one, but someone who's always been there and is no longer there. So yeah, it's a little bit odd, isn't it? How, how has it affected you? You said you didn't think you would be. No, well, I couldn't have preempted sort of how I felt really, and and I'm not you know, particularly a royalist. I'm not anti-royal either, you know. But things in life, certain things and situations and occasions and bits and pieces of news, I think make you think. They just come at you from, you know, almost a bit of a curve point. Oh, wow, that kind of affected how I think and feel. And I didn't really expect that. I thought, given the situation, I'd just carry on. And, and there's many different situations like that in life. But with the passing of the Queen, it really got me thinking. Of course, you can't avoid it. It's on the news all the time. You know, websites, social media, it's everywhere, isn't it? Everybody is, is honouring the Queen, and rightly so. But it starts... It starts that thought process, you know, and, and like the, the fact that for, for so many people, it's the only queen that I've ever known, which is just a strange thought in itself. And the, the funny thing is, it, it, I don't know if other people can relate to this, but it takes me back to being a kid. And that's kind of what I thought about almost immediately of being at my grandma's where we used to spend most Christmases. My great grandma was there. We used to call her the great it was my great grandma for sure. It was mm, the, great. the great. Do you remember yeah. uh, the greats coming yeah, for dinner? So w- we used to be at my grandma's for Christmas, and, and and naturally Christmas Day they'd have the Queen's speech, and I'd probably be in the corner still trying to work out how to transform Optimus Prime. But everybody would, would be watching the Queen's <laughs> speech on the television, and I just had memories of that straight away. And and you know, let's not forget a mother, 
a wife, a daughter, a human being, a real person with feelings and emotions. It just it just really makes you think. Really makes you think. I was quite surprised. Yeah, it, it does make you think. And I, I think, um, you know, and I'm not a royalist either. I think we've been very lucky with the Queen, though, because I think she's been absolutely wonderful. But then you look at... You look at now the situation Charles is in and, and um, you go, you, you just, yeah, you, it, it, I, I wouldn't want to be a royal. Do you know what I mean? I would not want to be a royal. They've got a hell of a job. Um, that's, a, that's a lifetime commitment and um, they can't just, well, I mean, Harry can, but I was going to say, they generally don't just quit it and get another job. But, but I suppose they can actually, can't they? So, yeah. But i tell you one thing I found actually really quite uncomfortable. And I don't watch much TV. I don't watch much news at all. I tend to stay away from it. Um, but last night, the um, live coverage, or, or yesterday rather, the live coverage of um, the, the, the morning where she was moved from one part of Scotland to another part of Scotland and... The family were around the coffin and the public were l- walking through. And I found that really odd and I just felt it was something that needed to be more private than it was. And I just thought how the role of the royal family has changed over the years and now the media, I think, plays just too big a part in it all. Um, and to a point of it being like, I'm, this is weird and... You know, I'm looking at these people who have lost, um, you know, a, a mother, a grandmother, a, you know, a family member, people they love, and they're feeling pain, and the public are walking through, and and I know the public are feeling pain as well, but I just, yeah, I just felt uncomfortable about that. Death is a strange thing anyway, isn't it? And, and I think when it's on such a big scale like that, and it's something that the whole world knows about, and there is no textbook with this, I guess. I mean, it's the first time, as we mentioned, we, we've, and for most people, lots of people on the planet have, have only ever known the, certainly within the UK, you know, as our queen as, as she was, only ever known Queen Elizabeth II. And that's just strange in itself. We, we've not lived through a um, the, the the death of a queen or a king. So it's just, it, the whole thing is very, very odd. It certainly makes me think, and you know what? It actually makes me think just how flipping short life is and we need to all crack on, putting a very positive spin on this. We, we know that, don't we? We all know that, but actually how many of us actually live that and breathe that? I mean, go back to the episode, fantastic episode with Dr. Andy Cope, who we had on the show, who uh, is the doctor of happiness, uh, studied positive psychology, he tells us we have 4,000 weeks. The average lifespan is 4,000 weeks. I did a quick calculation this morning, because I'm sure you are all doing now in your own heads listening to this. <laughs> I've already spent 2,288 weeks. That's it. That's gone. I've got 1,712 weeks left. It's Tuesday as we record this. That's only 244 Tuesdays. I need to make the most of them. And who knows what the last few Tuesdays will be like, because they're not going to be much fun, mate. Let's make the most of now. Well, talking of making the most of now, let's get today's great guest on. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Right, I think today we need to pull out all the stops. We need a super motivational guest. I'm thinking kind of somebody got high energy, 
maybe up for the odd adventure. I mean, you know, world record holder would be pretty cool, but I don't know why that's asking a little bit too much. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Isaac, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody that make a great guest for today's episode? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Do you know anybody? Perhaps maybe one or <laughs> one person or two people. <laughs> You're here now. Why don't we just have a good old chat with you, my friend? Listen, it's jokes aside. It's great to chat to you. I mean, you are so like crazy busy. We had a quick catch up before we started this this podcast record. There's so much I want to ask you about. It's insane. First of all, are you having a good day? How's your week? I'm going to ask you that. Yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, the weather's changed here in the UK, so I'm still getting outdoors, but now it's a bit it's a bit cooler, a bit more rain, <laughs> a bit more adversity. <laughs> Have you had like the thunder and the lightning and stuff? Have you had all that? Yeah, we've had that. Um, I, I'm down in Devon oh, at the man. moment, so I, I've been uh, get, I've been hit by the, the storms when I've been outside running and things. But yeah, it just makes it more exciting, doesn't it? Running in a storm. <laughs> oh man! There's people listening to this going, "Who have you got on today's show as the guest?" It makes it more exciting. But look, you are an eco adventurer as well. I want to chat to you all about this. So uh, busy in your your day job energy transition analyst that sounds super technical world record holder for the individual longest continual row of three days and 11 hours on an indoor rower the concept two indoor rower to be specific i know this machine i bloody hate it it is brutal how you manage that i have no idea rode the atlantic ocean in 40 days over the high seas and you've recently completed you did complete it, didn't you? You did complete it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just, I just want to check that. You did complete it. Did That's complete cool. it. The Welsh Three Peaks Challenge. <laughs> this is unbelievable. How was it, the Three Peaks Challenge? Did you, was, it, was it everything you thought it would be? I, I know it's really important to you to raise money for Mind as well. Some great reasons why you did it I want to get into. Um, how was the experience for you? Oh, it was a, a new world. I had never done an ultra, <laughs> ultra run before. I've done a marathon where, you know, they feed you, they feed you along the way and you, you have all your pit stops and you're on tarmac most of it. But this is a whole different world. <laughs> and um, it really is immersive. I, I knew I'd be immersed in nature, but in the Welsh countryside, I honestly had no idea how rural and how out there Wales is compared to the rest of the UK in terms of just the sheer expansive vastness of nature that they have and the lack of humans in in their spaces. I didn't see people for seven or eight hours at a time sometimes. And it was just unreal to to be in such a pristine place um, on our doorstep funny isn't it because you mentioned that not not seeing people like the lack of contact and communication and whatnot that's a really funny thing i think a lot of us can kind of relate to that you know this past few years everything's changed a little bit hasn't it with the pandemic i know we're still talking about that people now working from home yes we're speaking to people through zoom and such like you know team meetings and whatnot but actually you can't be a good or real human contact in company can you and when you're out there in deepest darkest wales i mean i can't imagine what that must be like well what was the night time like for you i always wonder with people like yourself that we speak to on the show Isaac that get involved in these really unique you know just crazy challenges like super tough what was the night time like because that can feel even more lonely can't it do you know what I mean by that at night it feels a bit funny it does um I, I found when I was at night the sky feels a bit more overwhelming because of you can see all the stars it's very clear and it does feel very big like you do start, you know, when you just stare at st- stars and you start thinking how s- in small you are. That's how I sure. feel at night when I'm running. I'm like, wow, this is a, like a, some, a a huge challenge here, um, and now it feels bigger because <laughs> I feel very small. 
<laughs> where I am. But um, I, I really enjoy um, nighttime running actually just for the fact that it is um, even more um, focused. You're more focused on the path. You have less to see actually other than the stars, um, really, because actually the, the landscape kind of disappears a bit. So you are just very focused on one step, one step, one step, one step. So it, I found it a quite useful and I also the same when I did that indoor rowing challenge, that endurance rowing challenge. The night times were quite good, just to just to um, focus the mind a bit better. I found less distractions. It's funny, isn't it? The the feeling of night and evening and the dark and the unknown and all those kind of things that are wrapped in in with the sort of later hours in the day. It, it, I, it's interesting what you say there about looking up at the sky and how we can feel quite insignificant. I really get that. I've, I'm fascinated by the night sky. I can't I can't tell you why. I think I've always been, even as a as a kid, really, Isaac. And that hasn't changed. And sometimes, you know, just looking up, especially on a clear night, you know, it's just captivating. You just think, wow, you know, does anything really matter? You know, all those problems and issues and those things. Oh, I'll run out of milk. Right. Does it matter? It all disappears. <laughs> and uh, it does. on a run, actually, you, you can, you know, when you're having a little rest break or you're sitting down and you just, you look at the sky, it, it can be actually quite uh, gravitating <laughs> where you kind of like, well, this is getting cozy, isn't it? <laughs> a bit of an intimate experience here <laughs> with, with me in this sort of long grass <laughs> staring up in the sky. Not, not, no, but I still have <laughs> quite a few kilometers to go still. But um, <laughs> I was like, this is getting quite good, this. <laughs> That's quite a picture you've painted there. You know, when you, you're navigating, just staying on the subject of doing a challenge like this at night, I assume you have like the head torch and stuff like that. And some people that perhaps don't have never experienced anything like this, not just talking the Welsh Three Peaks challenge, but, you know, just running at night. They might think, well, how can you see? You know, I'll go over, trip over and roll my ankle and all these things. Do you find it, do you become more sensitive? Or like hypersensitive? Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Do, do you feel like, oh my God, it's dark and I can't see? When you said you're more focused. Yeah, yeah more focused. Yeah, so whereas before you might run a bit and look at the horizon and see some things, you, there isn't any of that really to see. So your, you, your head is pretty much in, in, in that sort of head torch circle that you reveal. So you're, you're very, you can see every single angle of the rock a bit better, where your foot's going to go. It's, it is a, I, find, I find it a bit safer even. Um, and also, you, I guess you are a bit more cautious. You don't run as fast down hills and things like that, maybe because you don't know what's ahead because you can't look too far ahead because of the light. Um, so there is, there is a bit of um, safety benefit from being at night too, in that sense. People like say, well, what do you mean running at night surely is unsafe? But actually, I feel your senses are heightened and you can actually you know, go through paths a bit better because you're focusing more on the path rather than the surrounding where you could then you know miss, miss a rock and twist your ankles i really like what you said there isn't that fascinating you know staying in the moment effectively yeah. which we all hear is a good thing to do right in life no matter what you're doing whether it's recording a podcast like this not worrying about what we've got to do next just engaging in this conversation but actually when you're out there running in the dark you're not able to look beyond you can only look so far because uh, apart from the stars you know billions of light years away maybe you, you're just here looking at that terrain in front of you just that circle of the head torch that's a really 
kind of funny place to be. That's I, I was almost there with you on the mountain when you explained that. Fortunately, I wasn't, <laughs> but I was almost there. Everyone's welcome there. to join. Like <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be lots of people that are listening to this that are probably up for something like this, probably intrigued by it. But look, tell me, do, so why did you do this then? I mean, there's so many challenges mm. that we can do now. Yeah. Isn't there? There are so many out there. Why this particular challenge and why mind? There's a lot of in the why here. So um, the first um, reason was just to basically push myself in an endurance setting where I wasn't accompanied by somebody else or with somebody else. Um, So it was an extended period of time pushing myself mentally and physically in a, a tough challenge that scared me. Um, I've done quite a few big challenges in the past and I've always done those in teams. So I was just being very curious and inquisitive to see um, how would I fare in you know, motivating myself in the deep and dark moments um, when you don't have someone to bounce off. Um, so that was the one like why reason. Another why reason was I, I am a trustee for the charity Mind. Um, I, I'm on the non-exec board um, helping them with the governance of, of the charity in, in the Hertfordshire branch. And um, one of the things I do that for is because I come from a mental health background and I have mental health I- issues that I have dealt with in the past. I've had some really lows and um, I wanted to give back to you know a community um, in the mental health space that has given me so much um, to support myself uh, get through these times. So I became a trustee and I wanted to raise um, awareness and funds um, for, for the charity mind, especially now after a pandemic and the uh, you know the new issues with finances with the energy crisis and that living crisis, the cost of living crisis. There's, there's a lot of mental health issues at, at the moment. It's rife. So I, re- I really wanted to, to raise awareness that there are charities like Mind out there that can support. And I thought that the narrative of running solo and, you know, fighting my own battles is something that a lot of men, especially, uh, not just men, women as well, that they go through on a daily basis. They are, are fighting um, daily battles that are a lot harder than my Welsh Street Peak Challenge. Um, I just try to make it scary and difficult so that it could almost translate to what people do go through. So it, it kind of was um, an experiment of such, to, to, you know, or a mental health experiment, uh, as well as raising awareness for, for the charity. Such a powerful endeavour, this, such a powerful challenge. And, and for the reasons that you mentioned, I really appreciate you sharing that as well, talking about your relationship with mental health and some of the challenges you've had in your life. You mentioned motivating yourself there. You know, it appealed this particular challenge. One of the reasons was to, because you knew you'd have to motivate yourself. I imagine in those darker moments, the more challenging moments, you know, a solo, a solo thing. I mean, this is 136 miles mm. over four days. Yeah. Same height as Everest, if I'm not, yeah. if I'm not. R- yeah, uh, roughly. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It was huge. Crazy. It was huge. So how did you motivate yourself when the going got tough? Do you have like... Do you, did you have like mantras? Was there something that you thought, right, do you know, day before you, you start this journey, right, this is what I'm going to do in those difficult moments? Or did you just have to kind of freestyle and see what you needed in that moment? Um, I, I did I did play on some tools that I've developed over endurance challenges in the past, but I did have to develop some new things out there. 
that was really great um, and I've learned a lot from the experience that I, I, I can now grow from but you know I pulled on the la- like previous challenges like rowing across the ocean one of the main things that really propelled me and, and the team was that why message being really clear so whilst you are you know rowing or running a long distance and you hit that wall everyone hits the wall I must have hit the wall about 10, 15 times every day. And I hit that wall and it's, it's this really low feeling. It's, it's not, sometimes it's not to do with food. It's not to do with how your muscles are coping. It's just a mental low feeling where I'm like, oh, I'm just really pounding myself. And I, you know, I could really do with just stopping. Um, and then you have to then go back to, I'm not doing it just for me here. I'm doing this for a charity, uh, people out there, thousands and thousands of people out there who are suffering every day with mental health issues. If I can get to the end and push through these difficult moments, that might inspire them to, you know, try and make, take a good action and push through their day. So I saw it as, as, as a most basis. I've used that in other challenges but what I developed uh, on a solo level was the um, positive reinforcement um, and uh, from from kind of almost having a split personality I don't know if you've heard this before anyone listening has heard this before but people who do quite long extreme endurance challenges solo they tend to create a persona who is their mate and I know that sounds a bit psycho (laughs) to maybe someone listening but it's like almost having a friend who who you can talk to so you create this like character and you bounce off the character and I found that I started without even trying to or coming up with this I did know of this technique but I never actually purposely did it it just came I was laughing at maybe the weather changing and then I was like oh here we go talking to my older self about the weather and how that's going to affect me and it, it felt quite good to feel that you were kind of conversing (laughs) <laughs> that made sense that was something that was kind of spiritual for me um, being able to split spit a personality like that <laughs> it was quite something else it makes perfect sense Isaac and I, I you know I think as I listen to what you're saying here I think many of us have internal dialogue and conversation whether or not it's it's a conscious thing meaning we we make the choice to right i need to create this alter self you know this alter ego as it were this other person to have some company on this to help me through these challenges but i think a lot of us do that like you know there's obviously purpose to it and i like the way that you kind of engineered that to be able to help you through this challenge did it did it help kind of rationalize you know with because sometimes i'm i'm guessing here please tell me if i'm wrong but i imagine you take on these huge challenges right which is a huge challenge and you're not new to these of course but it's a huge challenge so there must be times where you think this is bloody overwhelming this is you know have i taken on more than i can achieve here you know is it it scares you you like the things that scare you you mentioned but is it does it scare you too much is it beyond your capabilities so you kind of need to have that conversation with yourself i imagine and, and rationalize i mean does that make any sense to you did, did, did you find yourself doing this yeah it was like a reflection process every um 10 10 miles it was very mindful doing this as well it was a check-in process of you know talking to yourself how am i feeling um, what's the body doing right now? Mentally, where am I at? Is it nutrition? Um, is it the weather changing? Is it seeing that massive cloud over there making me scared? Yeah, there was a lot of that about talking to yourself. And then some, sometimes you would just kind of have this 
kind of really extremely positive euphoria moments where you're just flying downhill, the sun is amazing, your body is feeling amazing, and you're just just taking in everything. And then there'll be those other moments where you're going up a hill in extreme rain hitting you in the face and you can't see because it's just going into your eyes so much that you're just struggling to, to look where you are. And then you hear the crack, like the thunder a bit more. And then you, you're starting to realize that this weather's going to get a little bit worse. And that, that sign, sign is like, right, alter ego. Let's get like some humor out of this. And then we try to make a bit of fun and games out of like the situation. Start maybe, I don't know, chatting to a sheep or something. <laughs> but like just trying to make it a bit more fun. You know, make jokes about the situation. Oh, look at you out here in the rain and in the pouring. But I'm sure in about two hours you're going to be laughing at this because this is going to pass over or something. And it was just talking to yourself like that. Uh, I found I found it was that alter ego or that that time where you're, you're, you're checking in with yourself was only in the difficult moments. I never really did that often when I was feeling good. Um, it was only in those difficult moments that it would come out. It sounds like a really powerful tool. And I, and I love that, you know, laughing almost at yourself or the situation, making light of it. Because actually, yes, it's important to you. Yes, this is a big challenge. Yes, it scares you. Yes, you're on your own. Yes, you're raising money for a really important cause for mine, all that stuff. But there are times where you want to just take some of that pressure off. And, then, and this relates to people listening to this if they're training for anything, a 10K or a 5K or a marathon, anything they're doing, a journey they're embarking on, which may scare them. Sometimes that pressure could just be overwhelming, can't it, Isaac? You, you just need to, how can I take some of this pressure off? I say as a coach, you know, a lot of the time, I said this to my girlfriend the other night we were talking, a lot of the time, my role, and I make it my role, I make it my thing to take pressure off many of the runners that I coach because they're putting enough pressure on themselves. They're beating themselves up because they didn't achieve X or Y or because they were a second slower in park run or because whatever. So they don't need me to pile more pressure on them. They need me to take that pressure off. And it's almost like I can relate that to the conversation you're talking about with yourself when you're in the mountains. Let's make a little bit of light of this situation just so I'm managing that pressure. Yeah. Definitely. Does that make sense? Have I got that right? Yeah, you are right. Definitely. That's how I, how I felt when I was in those situations, high pressure. And also uh, that check-in process slows you down. So when you're overwhelmed, I found you tend to get really hyperactive and, and everything gets a bit like anxiety inducing. But then when you... So, so mentally, mentally, psychologically talking here, Yeah, right? and you exhaust, yeah, you're yeah. exhausting yourself because you're going into hyperdrive about how scared you are and how big this thing is. So then when you start like zoning in saying, okay, how am I breathing? I'm going to do 10 minutes of just listening to my breathing. Then you start slowing down all that hyperdrive and you're just focusing on that one thing. And it, it, it's like when people say, um, when you're having maybe a panic attack or something, count to 10 and breathe. That at times was needed in a different way during this run. And to have those sort of moments where I would just check in with, okay, how's my, how's my legs feeling now? How's my arms feeling or whatever. And just like one, one brainwave to that one thing rather than feeling overwhelmed by it all. So it was just all, bringing back that mindful part of the run. Um, and I do like also the fact that when I did do this run, which I didn't mention earlier, um, another motivation of why I wanted to do this run was not having a set time. So it was nice being the first person to do this run because I'm not chasing a time. And when you chase a time, 
then things really become a bit more different in the way that you are in a mental capacity. So when you have that break, you're like, oh, I can't have such a long break or I can't have too long of a break or, you know, I shouldn't be focusing too much on my breathing. I need to push on and catch that time. And, and then you're looking at your watch a lot. So you're distracting yourself a lot from yourself mentally and physically. You're looking at your watch. You're not actually touching base with yourself. So I, I do like the fact that I didn't have a set time in mind when I did this. I just thought I was going to run it and complete it. I think that's a huge takeaway, Isaac. If you think about it, everybody's relationship with time or so many people it's it's almost unhealthy none of us have time we want more time i mean what did i say to you we spoke (laughs) for a few minutes before we recorded you know hey how you doing you know it's midday already as we record this how is it midday where does time go you know people talk about it all the time we talk about time and it's easy to have an unhealthy relationship with time and then if it's a sport that you are choosing so it's a hobby it's an activity it's for most people so people listening to this most of them i'm sure will be uh recreational runners i'll do it because it's a hobby as i do so then the thing that you're choosing to do to bring you joy you're then putting yourself under pressure and attaching time to everything you do so every race you ever take part in it's pb and i've got to achieve this at park run every time you put the shoes on you want to look at your watch and see the right pace the right time it's all about time and actually i think it's important to be aware of the power we have as individuals to make decisions so you can choose the challenge as you did isaac you chose this challenge for all those amazing reasons and people listen to this you can choose your own challenge it doesn't have to be time related you can sometimes be a little bit kind to yourself and go do you know what i've not done a 10k before so you know like yourself isaac is very different but i'm, I'm not going to attach a time to this i'm just going to complete it I'm, I'm just you know i'm going to gain some experience i'm going to do it for these reasons that's that's a huge thing isn't it yeah i mean and i actually have found i've improved my times without focusing on time which is weird and everyone might think what was he on about if you don't have a benchmark how do you get faster but actually the pressure sometimes of pushing yourself too hard can actually you can overdo it and tie yourself out your pacing goes out but if you actually are so in tune with your body and you're not even looking at time you can actually improve your times just off that um top secret Top secret, heard it here first. You can get in your own way, can't you? I think I've done that, where it hinders your progress. I think in many areas of life, actually, Isaac, you know, not just running, but you do, you get in your own way because you're almost trying too hard. You're not letting it happen. You're not able to get into that state of flow. Maybe you're not executing certain sessions accurately because you're forcing the pace because all this relationship with time again you want to hit certain numbers and you want to do certain things and it looks good on Strava and all that stuff but that might be hindering your progress you might be missing the purpose of specific sessions I think that's really helpful and just I want to pick up on what you mentioned about speed you know the speed of the mind really and and how you in the situation and I'm sure you did this when you were you know rowing and all the other challenges you've done when you go into hyperdrive as you called it and that's that's perfect way to describe it I can relate to that completely where I'm 100 miles an hour even faster just gotta slow yourself down a bit we're not talking physically here we're talking mentally just slow things down whichever technique you use and you mentioned Isaac you know counting to 10 deep breaths that sort of stuff slow things down take some intensity out of those emotions because we all know how quickly our thoughts and emotions can run away with us you know, i've done races <laughs> i've done races where 
honestly, Isaac, like, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm doing everything that I'm not saying here. So I'm really up for it and I'm putting too much pressure on myself. And then I'm finding it difficult at a certain point in the race. And then before I know it, my mind's created this whole story in about, I don't know, less than 20 seconds of how I'm not going to achieve my time and the wheels are going to come off by the end. And, you know, I'm going to collapse across the finish line. Everybody's going to be disappointed with what I've achieved. You know, people are going to look at Strava and it's going to be embarrassing and I'm going to lose my love for running. You can hang on a second, Jake. This is, where are you going? Where have you gone? You've got to slow it down. Maybe you've look got too that. much time. <laughs> <laughs> to think about yeah, a story. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Listen, tell me on a practical note here, how do you train for something like this? I mean, you mentioned mm. marathons and running and things. You've obviously done a, a lot of different stuff in terms of fitness. Mm. We've not got all the time on the show today to talk about everything that you've done, but man of many things. How, how, how do you train for the three peaks? So, so training wise, it was quite an interesting change for me. You know, I had never actually run further than a marathon. I did that five years ago. And I set, I accepted the challenge to myself in, in March this year and I did it in June. So I gave myself three months to, to, to build into this three, three, four months to do this. And, um, the, the main, the main thing, um, that was part of the training process was keeping myself, um, away from injury. And we go back to that time again, when you're chasing times, you push yourself sometimes too far and you can cause injuries that injury can slow down progress like no if nothing else can so my my training plan was just touching base with myself every single training session i'll do okay i'm gonna start with 5k so i started with 5k runs i run 5k at the pace where i feel comfortable felt good okay let's do a 10k the next time so i ran a 10k at a pace where i felt comfortable i wasn't chasing pace i wasn't chasing time I didn't look at a time for this entire challenge. Any of the training, I wasn't going on for time. Never. I just ran with no clock. I ran, I just created a route in my mind of a distance and just ran it. And I I had no times. And what happened was I found that my fitness was improving and I was getting to a stage where I was hitting the walls but then I was able to use nature and outdoors and myself to get myself over and out of these walls. So where you would be like, I don't know, in a training session, I'm 30 kilometers. This is the longest I've run in ages and I'm just exhausted or not feeling it. I would just stop, walk a bit, look around, see some birds, (laughs) take it in a bit. Oh, my legs feel right now. (laughs) Go run again, push on for another 10K. And that's what was happening. I was basically just so in touch with my body because I wasn't pushing myself in any of my training sessions. I wasn't pushing myself. He was saying, you must have been pushing yourself. You must have been running crazy things like 50 kilometers. So once you have the tools to get past the first mental blocks, you can keep, I, I feel like that Welsh three peaks, I could have done another three days because the tools were in place. In my training, it was more on the mental side of things and the physical side of things. And I was focusing a lot more in the mental games that you would, you would have when you were out on the, on, the, on the run. Although I did develop stuff that was specific on the run, like I suggest, said earlier, like the, the tools I built at the beginning of this chat. But there was some stuff in training where I was just physically not looking at my watch just running, looking how, how, how I was, how I felt, taking in nature, 
slowing down when I felt an hyperdrive or where I thought the challenge was big. You know, I was started out running 10Ks knowing that I was going to run 233K. So that that's like three or four months difference to go from 10K runs to 233K run. But I wasn't worried about that. I was just focusing on that one session and then the next session and then the next session and eventually I was able to get to about once I got hit 30k and 40k I knew I could do 233k because I was able to get myself out of lows and that that was what was most important so interesting Isaac because most of what we're talking about here when it comes to how you overcame this challenge and achieved this goal is the mental side of stuff so yes you have to do the practical things you have to actually do some physical form of conditioning but it's quite low pressure you don't put yourself under pressure you know you're tracking times and all this thing you keep talking about tools having tools in place and this is something that people listening to this can apply to their own lives and their own training for whatever goal it is they're working towards because you do need those tools and psychological as well you know lots of runners when we talk about the wall we hear it about it a lot or oh, the wall the wall if you're running a marathon for the first time it's oh when am i going to hit this wall what does this wall look like you know oh my gosh am i going to smash into this wall and eat every brick on the way down well actually there's a psychological wall as well and that's what i sent you're talking referring to a lot and how do we overcome that those lows those issues you do sound and this is the first time we've spoken isn't it properly we've exchanged a few voice messages to set this up you know it's great to have this chat with you on the show isaac but i i I, you do sound very mentally strong and in a very good place with all these different tools and i know through your journey having uh battled with mental health issues of yourself you've experienced those where are you now with that if i can ask you that with your permission Are, are, are you in a good place now do you have the awareness and the resilience and the tools in place to look after yourself yeah yeah i do so when things are getting difficult in my own life slow down reflect where 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 are these pressures coming from and then just reassess maybe re-strategize replan what you're doing and that's the same with your track with your training and i would say anyone listening uh on one of the key takeaways from my training plan um and how I live in all aspects, work, relationships, running, whatever it is, is when you are um, thinking of tools, you, you do need to visit these places, these difficult places. You, it, it's all good having the manual in the book. When the time comes, sometimes the manual in the book might not work for you. You need to develop your own strategies. And that's really important. And I know there are things that lots of people have found successful. There are things that I've shared that you may, may work for you. But when you actually meet those difficult moments, which will come if you are going to pursue big challenges or your own goals or in life something throws a hurdle at you, that's where the, t- the tools are, one, either accessed or two, you develop. Um, but I do find that in the moment when you're there, you need you, that's when that's when the tool comes, or you can use an old tool. <laughs> Easy to want to avoid things, isn't it? Yeah. Shy away from certain feelings yeah. and emotions and difficult testing times. But what you're saying there is, you need to go there a little bit. You, you need to just feel what it feels like and build that experience and then you'll know which tools work for you which don't work for you and build your own set because you've got yours Isaac I may have mine other people may have theirs you've got to find what works for you safely I've got a really good example I really love that no sleep three hours sleep and then do your longest training run the next day oh 
Sounds awful. Exactly. It's going to be harder <laughs> than you thought that that would be in the, on the on the day. Like if you're running a marathon, try and run a marathon in your training with no sleep or little nutrition or something, so that you can feel this big psychological blocker and then you can start developing these skills before you actually go into the event that you're going to do. I actually really like that. I really like that, Isaac, because especially, you know, if we're not talking about kind of, you know, eight weeks of no sleep, but what one night of, you know, you have a bad night's sleep or you don't sleep, you have three hours, whatever, straight away in the head, oh my God, I've got a long, the session I've got to do today or that day at work or I've got all these meetings, I'm not going to survive. You know, you, your mind starts to go into overdrive as, uh, overdrive as we've said, but actually physically you are able to do a long run if you've just missed one night of bad sleep, as long as you've been sleeping okay, but psychologically it might affect you. So then you go into that place that you're talking about where you've just got to experience it a bit safely, just, you know, test your what tools are going to work for you to get to overcome those difficult moments i like that's that. the game i really really <laughs> like that i love it i love it listen um, i could talk to you all day what have you got coming up what's what's next then i mean when, when did you finish this by the way because it's pretty recent yeah it? it was a couple um, weeks ago so um okay, after cool. this run um i'm wanting to do a, an iron man um and the ambition is to do an iron man um with, with, a, with a weighted vest <laughs> so um to see like if i could of course it push, is push it you know <laughs> push push it and uh, go 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 um a little bit further um um and see that weighted vest is kind of a nice narrative again with mental health so we'll probably do another mental health awareness raise there i can't wait to catch up with you when you've done that and hear all about it isaac it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today i really appreciate you coming on the show if people want to keep up to date with you and catch up obviously you are on instagram like most of the world it is isaac underscore kenyan so go and check him out we will link that in the show notes page which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and i understand you have a video coming out soon is that right you're having a video of this there's a video of this three peaks the welsh challenge so people can see you lying in the long grass looking <laughs> up at the stars <laughs> feeling a bit flaked out yeah it's uh, it's called solo peaks and um, we're hopefully going to release it on world mental health awareness day and um that'll be in october um if not it will be um in november and we're going to do some film festival tours get it on amazon prime i think so yeah you'll be able to see it um it's all about mental health and that sort of relationship with the run that sounds amazing isaac i'm sure that will be on your instagram so go and check that out again that's isaac underscore kenyan pleasure talking to you my friend honestly best of luck with your iron man as well your endeavors thank you very much jake running with jake the podcast so seeing as i've only got 1712 weeks left we better get asking for money and are you really good at this i, I just i'm worried that you're going to run out of weeks and you're not going to be very happy with your job as Patreon Pete. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I feel uncomfortable about this, and the only reason I do it is because it's very important that the audience really like you because your name's above the door. Um, but <laughs> the fact is, the fact is, this show does cost us money uh, to to produce, and and we couldn't do it if it wasn't for uh, the people who pay us a few quid. Um, the patrons, the Patreon people who um, who 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 get in touch and, and leave us a few uh, a few pounds every every month, we really appreciate that. Um, and what I'd say is, this show is always here. It's always going to be free to you if you can't afford to pay for it or you don't want to pay for it. Of course, we don't want anyone to to walk away feeling like they've been done. Uh, that's not what we're about. Okay, so it's completely free. Um, but if you do enjoy it, if you do like it, if you do take value from the content, um, then it's like a little 
honesty box, you know? Uh, and uh, you give us a few quid every month, if that's you. Just enough for a coffee. I mean, like, like a three or four quid coffee would be plenty or even a pound even a 50 i don't care it doesn't matter okay fact is if you want to pledge a, a, a pound or a 50 whatever however much doesn't matter i'm not going to get into the technicalities okay but just get yourself to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast but no pressure no pressure runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast you see jake people still like you they think i'm a begging twat they don't think you're a twat i'm sure lynn the lovely patron who got in touch with me over the weekend who was uh, spending her saturday morning at the local park run having a little plod there have a lovely weekend she put in the email i'm sure she doesn't think you're a twat <laughs> patrons don't they only say good things about you okay i can't, okay. I can't prove that but i think i think that's the case <laughs> look let's move on it's time to take another one of your questions it is hashtag ask jake Today's question comes from Jess, who's recently signed up for her first ever trail race. It's a mix of trail and road. She's not sure which type of shoes to wear. She wants some advice. It's a great question, Jess, and I think you've got to factor in both types of terrain, so the road and the trail. If Also the time of year. So if, for example, you're doing it summer, back end of summer as it is now, then the ground is pretty dry, and as long as the trails aren't too aggressive, so if they're fairly tame, you'd probably be okay in a normal pair of running shoes, and of course that will be fine when you hit the roads as well. If it's not in summer and the terrain might be a little bit more sort of bumpy, for want of a better phrase, or if it's a little bit damp and sloshy, then you might want to uh, run in a pair of shoes that give you a bit more grip, but you still need to be okay on the roads. So something like a light pair of trail shoes where they've pretty much feel like a normal running shoe when you've got them on uh, but they do just give you a little bit of extra grip which can also help just to give you that little bit of extra confidence which we know is important in races uh, whichever path you decide to go down with in terms of shoes make sure you enjoy it obviously stay safe let us know how you get on and if you've got a question then it's hashtag s jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com so in other news i don't actually know if i'm at the running club this evening i'm i, I, I I didn't go last week, so I feel like I need to be showing my face. But I, they normally update the website with the session. I don't know what the session is. I'm a bit of a control freak. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I can't just rock up. What? I, what? I, I need to prepare myself. I Let me just have a quick look. You weirdo. What? I mean, you know... Winchester <laughs> and District Athletics Club. No, they've not updated the session. I'm going to have to run this afternoon. Why, why, is this, too comp- this is too complex. You, you, I mean, you know that the session's going to be running, don't I like, you? I just like to be prepared, Peter. I like to be in the zone, in the zone, get in the zone. Can't get in the zone. Don't know what the flipping session is tonight. I'm going to have to do it this afternoon. That's it. Of course you oh, do. Oh, gosh. What a nightmare. <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed today's show. I hope you know what run you will be doing today, whether it's a club-related run or your own run. Stay safe, have fun, and we will be back next week with more Running Motivation. Oh, and one more thing. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts.